Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, takes it in! With your host, Gallius Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Seku Smith, the tipping is good at the buzzer. Now it's time for the tip Clint Hawkins. Got the golden pipes, man. You need to be like a uh, a hype man on on par with Flavor Flav back in his Public Enemy <laughs> days. Seku Smith from the Hangtime blog at NBA.com. Welcome to the Hangtime podcast. Clint Hawkins, man in the controls. Micah Hart, our super producer behind the glass. Tori Carmen, somewhere in there, keeping them all sane. And joining us live from New York City via Skype, my special guest co-host for the last however long in. I guess forever. Lang Whitaker <laughs> from Slam Magazine. Like him. What's up? It just feels like forever. <laughs> like, you know, how long can the summer last? I know. The summer is – I always tell people covering the NBA is like being a school teacher. Like, because you're busy, like, all fall, all winter, and then the spring is, like, final exams. Then you have summer school, which is, like, summer league. And then you got about a month where – or two months where it's kind of quiet and there's not a lot going on and – but here we are talking about the NBA. I know, I know, and it's—I mean, it's been a, a tough week for a lot of people. Obviously, uh, fans of the Memphis Grizzlies and of Lorenz and Wright Hawks yeah. fans and Clippers fans, people who have seen the guy over the years. Um, certainly, I know you knew him well, Lang. Uh, I knew him well. Uh, wrote a blog post about him that's on NBA.com right now. Uh, you know, I'm instead of getting into the details and, and belaboring the point. I mean, it's a you know he's 34 years old and he's and he's gone, uh, and I know that's tough for a lot of people. Um, do you have anything in terms of you know vivid memories that stand out about a funny time with Lorenzen? Because I got a bunch of. I know you do. I for me, he was on the Hawks like in the late 90s, and uh, that was when I first really covered a team for like a full year when I was working for Creative Loafing in Atlanta and. Um, you know, when, when, when it's your first time being around these guys a lot and you're, you're the rookie and you, you're, it's a little intimidating and overwhelming. And, um, from the, from the first day I showed up in the Hawks locker room, you know, Lorenzen was the coolest guy in the world and, uh, very welcoming and friendly to me. And it was kind of a friendly face I knew I could go talk to every time I showed up. And, um, I really got to know him a lot that year. And then, uh, when Lon Kruger took over was when he really had his, his best season with the Hawks. Um, and then he kind of bounced around some after that and it was 
always fun seeing him in the locker room, whatever. I know you uh, you saw him pretty recently, right, Seku? Yeah, yeah, I saw him in January. Um, Sherrod Blakely, uh, who covers the Celtics for uh, Com- Comcast Sports up in Boston, and Arthur Trish, who's the uh, vice president of PR for the Hawks. The three of us were sitting uh, at a restaurant, like a sports bar, the night of uh, the BCS championship game, and there's like a one of these typical faux snowstorms that we have here in Atlanta where it's like a half an inch of slush on the road and basically the entire world's coming to an end. And uh, and we get, we're sitting there getting ready to watch the game, and we look over, and Lorenzen's sitting there, yeah. you know, just by himself. Just, you know, he's he's like – you can tell he just got done working out because he was looking like Ashy Larry, you know. I mean, he had a drop of lotion on his body, you know. He's, so we, I was giving him the business. I was like, man, what? Like, what are you doing here so ashy, you know? And uh, he's like, I just got done working out. And, you know, and he ended up sitting with us for three hours. We had a great time. Um, and then he, he was telling me that he moved to Smyrna, uh-huh. uh, where I, which is where I live. And uh, so he's like, man, give me your number. He's like, Cause I got to figure out how to get, you know, the grocery store and these places around here. And then, like, two days later, he calls me. And we ended up talking for, like, you know, 45, 50 minutes, just about whatever. I mean, you right. know, just a guy who was moving on to a different phase of his life, really. So it's it's you know it's tough. Um, he was I, I think that says a lot though. He was that kind of guy. Just yeah, he was so like a personable, talkative guy, and you know a lot of um, players aren't really that way. And, and he, but he really was, and I, I, he was uh, just kind of a joy to be around. And I think we'll all miss him a lot. No, I, I think that's well said, Lang. It's, it is. He was he was a rare guy in that it was never a forced thing with him. Like he he would generally want to sit back and shoot the breeze and just talk. And he's a, like he's a family man. He's got. Six kids, you know. What I mean, so he kind of could could identify with a lot of us that cover the league. You know, he's he had a lot of things about his life that were, you know, things that would connect with 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 the everyday person. So, but yeah. I mean, anyway, uh, you know, in addition to some of the the sad news that we've heard about, there's been other news. Um, you know, you could be the guy crazy enough to wear a LeBron James jersey. <laughs> You know, anywhere a LeBron James Heat jersey, <laughs> anywhere in the vicinity of Northeast Ohio. What I mean, what was that dude thinking? <laughs> hey, he's a true fan. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or it was LeBron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or a dude with a with some sort of uh, you know love for for punishment. Because I mean, I, apparently they gave him the business, and yeah. he, he had to be escorted out of the uh, <laughs> off the premises. I mean, but seriously. Don't you think it's a little soon for yeah the the people hunting for that kind of yeah I think so attention I mean seriously man I think um when they're announcing the schedules tomorrow right yeah so, the schedule will be out uh, actually by the time people he- are hearing this the schedule you know there'll be some highlights of the schedule out so um, I think so by then you'll know when and when not to wear that jersey <laughs> <laughs> how about <laughs> never in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, how about that? How about just never? I put uh, you guys on the spot real quick. Uh, since the schedule comes out tomorrow, you want to make any predictions for uh, either Christmas Day games or how many times the Hawks will be on TNT? Jeez, I say Hawks on TNT once. I say I'm going to spend Miami. I mean, I'm going to spend my Christmas in Miami. Hopefully, I, I hope I hope Steve Quintana is listening to this since he's <laughs> he's, he's the boss man, and I hope he's listening because uh, I don't I don't have any problems with packing a. A bathing suit for Christmas. Who do you think it'll be? Miami against who? Uh, the Lakers, I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, you got to put, yeah. unless you want to do, you know, Miami. I mean, I guess you could have a doubleheader and have the Lakers and whoever the other 
you know, contender would be in the West play and then have, you know, say the, the Heat and the Celtics or the Heat and Orlando play. But what about what's the, the sexiest matchup? It's got to be the Heat and the Lakers. What about the first time they meet, the Heat at the Cavs? I don't know if, I don't know if it – Christmas Day in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. really, not really a celebratory atmosphere. No, I don't think. no. And I don't know that the game in Miami, like, I'm sure nobody, these guys are going to want the Christmas Day game to be in Miami as opposed to Cleveland because there might be a little snow on the ground. True, true. Come, come yeah. Christmas time. But, I mean, I don't know that that game is as sexy at Christmas as it's going to be like, that needs to be the opening night game. Yeah. Like, if you want people to tune in and watch on opening night, you you make LeBron James in the Heat aren't they go to Cleveland. Aren't they saying opening night though is Miami at uh, Orlando? Yeah, and that see that to me. I'm by no means trying to upset the schedule makers. Too um, late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, why? You got to put. I mean, what better way to kick off the season than than making LeBron and the Heat go to Cleveland? Yeah, that'd be outlandish. I mean, that would be outstanding. I would I would love that. They'll probably save that for maybe the first Sunday game, ABC game or something. I don't know. I guess you better be, you got to be careful. You can't wait too long because you don't know what. I mean, Miami is a team that everybody expects to do really well. We don't know what you might get out of that Cleveland bo- uh, bunch. Right. So you don't right. want to wait to the point where, say, you got a, a, a Miami team that's sitting at the top of the standings against a Cleveland team that's not doing very well. Then it's it kind of takes some of the luster off that. Yeah, but I don't think it'll matter. I mean, all season, if if LeBron goes to Cleveland, that's <laughs> that's going to be a story. Or, you know what, maybe Miami at, at Toronto. Eh. It's not as big a story, but it'll be – I mean, you remember whenever Vince went back there for a long time, and I don't think it's going to be the same. I mean, um, but they – even now when Vince goes back, he gets booed. I don't think it'll be like that. But that's still, you know, the way this has kind of gone down. Or maybe a Turkaloo against – Against Toronto, I guess. Phoenix against Toronto, one I of guess. those. I mean, you know, if if push comes to shove, uh, I guess you could always have the Bulls, yeah, in the in the Cavaliers. You know, you have one of these teams that was in the in the hunt, yeah, for these, for not for just one of these guys, but basically for all three of them, yeah. Um, you know, that could be an interesting. I don't, you know, who knows? We could play around with the, with this hypothetical schedule stuff all day long, which I plan on doing all week on NBA.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, Lang, another stupid thing I've been tossing around in my head lately. I'm, I'm watching TV last night, right? Yeah. And I don't know I don't know about you, Mike, or any of the rest of y'all, but I have this, this weird thing that if I'm flicking channels, you know, and there's a mo- – like there's certain movies that, I, that I'll see a piece of. If I flick past the station and this movie is on – I have to watch the rest of the movie. Last night I got a, I had a double whammy last night. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm 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 absolutely serious here. And granted, my movie tastes run from Oscar winners to Razzie winners. So right. the first one, I caught the last ten minutes of iRobot, which is <laughs> I'm I'm serious. I love iRobot. I don't know why that movie I cannot Go past it. When I see it on the screen, I'm like, oh, iRobot. Let me watch iSeku. Like, yeah, like, let me watch iRobot. And then I hit up my other, one of my other all-time classic favorite movies, Chariots of Fire. Have you? Ever, I don't know, Lang, you might not have seen that. You think you I might, haven't even seen you that. You were seven and a half or whatever when Chariots of Fire came out. <laughs> I wasn't born. But. Yeah. But we used to watch Chariots of Fire in Sunday school because it was about a Jewish athlete. <laughs> Wait a minute, Mike. What? <laughs> Just saying. We're, you know, How long was your Sunday school? <laughs> <laughs> that was like four hours you know, long. They want, it, they want us to be proud. 
But I mean, I, know, I saw both of them last night. I have a name for these movies, Sekou, and that, you know, a lot of times, especially during the season, mm-hmm. I'm up at 1, 2 in the morning. Exactly. Watching the West Coast games, and they're over, and I'm trying to write something, and I want something on in the background, a movie that I've seen before, so I'm not, like, too distracted by it. <laughs> right. So I call them background movies. Yes. Where it's the kind of thing that you can watch, you know what you're getting, you know. One of them, and maybe this is a Will Smith thing, but one of mine has always been Independence Day. Really? I've seen that movie a thousand times, and I could probably, <laughs> if it's on tonight, I'll flip it on and just leave it on and <laughs> not watch it, but I'll have it on. Yeah, you, you know, like, you like the, the you, you, there's some comfort in knowing what's so going to happen, you know. Independence Day, uh, Ocean's Eleven, I've probably seen about a thousand times. Uh-huh. Um, you know, really, any Michael Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Transformers, I've seen that about 30 times in the last year on really? HBO. Yeah. Uh, See, I didn't like that. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't wild and crazy about Transformers. And I, I loved the cartoon when I was, I didn't, you know. I didn't, I'm not saying I liked any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'll have it on and I'll just leave it on in the background while I do work. Right. Um, but yeah, I, Independence Day, I've probably seen more. And it. For some reason now, it's on about 10 different channels. It's on like FX. Right. It's on, you know, it'll be on HBO. It'll Univision, be on, uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, any of these channels. So I'll just, if, if it's on, I'll, I'll find it. I'll, I'll watch anything that doesn't have commercials, you know. No, I agree. Night. So any movie. Actually, last night I was flipping around and I came across Funny People, that movie that just came out with um, Seth Rogen, Adam Sandler, all those. Oh, t- yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I hadn't seen it, and it came on the night, and I watched about 15 minutes, and eventually just hit record and changed the channel because I was getting too too into it. But um, you know, there's other stuff. I got a I got another topic I wanted to bring up. All right, over here on talking about ridiculous non basketball. Yes, yeah, since we're gonna go ridiculous non basketball route today, let's uh, let's just <laughs> well, have at it. Well, this is this is, I guess it applies to both of us. You and I are similar in the in the sense that we both fly a lot for work or mm-hmm. have flown a lot. Have a lot of miles built up. Um, last week I had a flight, short flight, two hours. My wife and I were sitting next to each other in the exit row. Mm-hmm. Right before the plane takes, uh, or right before we board, they call my name over the PA system. I got upgraded to first class. Mm-hmm. My wife didn't get upgraded to first class. Oh. So I'm assuming that I handled this correctly in that, A, I offered her the seat. She declined. Mm-hmm. And then B, I sat in first class and left her in coach on the flight. <laughs> no, maybe not the best way to do that. And she probably wasn't thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I did offer her the seat. That's my, my argument here. And I know that three, four weeks from now, I'm going to hear about this again in some <laughs> completely unrelated context when I haven't taken out the trash or something. And it's going to come back to me. But uh, I was wondering what, what the correct uh, – What's the protocol to, with that? Yeah. Uh... Well, you're a better man than me, first of all, because you actually inquired if she even wanted to take the seat. I'd have been like, "Honey, listen, the airline. We got, I got we got good news and bad news. One of us is sitting in first class. <laughs> you want the bad news? It's not you. I no, mean, you, part of part of my argument here, and, and this applies to you as well, is that the reason they offered the upgrade to me was because I've flown so much in coach for the last five years. <laughs> I put in my time, right? You know, like so. Now this is my reward. I'm supposed to be able to 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 sit it elsewhere. I, I got upgraded. I got the upgrade. I put in the time, and I kind of feel like I for five years I've you know squeezed into coach, and now 
I get I'm getting the choice not to have to do that. Why should I give that up? Even for your better half. <laughs> well, except for that. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I listen. I my flying career for work started pre nine eleven. That's how long this is. Right. You know, I've been doing this. So I I remember that I used to give up my seat. You know, all the time. I used to be like, hey, you know, you take the first class seat. When my son was was uh, first born. And he was a little baby. I used to give up the first class seat to make sure, you know, he could get up in in first class. Like he and my wife, whatever. Or my sister used to fly with me sometimes, and I would, you know, what I mean. So I mean, like I was always sacrificing the seat. As I've gotten older, and Clint, don't hate me for saying this. Hey man, the back is not what it used to be. Okay, I need to recline. I need a little room. Isn't that the back's not what it used to be? Yeah, well, you know, that seat's a little tighter than it used to be. (laughs) You're not what it used to be. No, I'm more than what I used to be, unfortunately. That's why I need the space. (laughs) No, you listen, just put it this way. You're not going to get any perks of being the husband of your wife anytime soon. So just, I hope you enjoyed the seat. Oh, I and, did. Uh, you know. <laughs> it was tremendous. I hope, slept. And... Yeah, I hope that salad they gave you was worth it while your got... wife was back there eating that, you know, <laughs> 0.2-ounce bag of peanuts. I got a coffee and a porcelain cup. <laughs> and, uh, that was terrific. I don't – yeah, I don't know if – I don't know if – it was worth it in the moment. I don't know if long-term it's going to come back to haunt me. I'm, I'm sure it will at some point. Oh, without so Let me question. ask you this, Lang. Would yeah. your wife have done the same for you if the role was reversed? I think she would have at least offered, and I think the difference here is that I would have said yes. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, would, like, yeah, thanks a lot, snatch a ticket, and keep on moving. Yeah. <laughs> See ya, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> I definitely would have gone for it, I think. Um, and and also, I, and this, I mean, I think it has to be factored in here, is that I mean, I probably weigh twice what my wife weighs. For her to sit in an exit row seat is about the equivalent of me being in a first-class seat in terms of space differential and all that stuff, you know? And it's not like I, I also would say, it's not like I left her in coach in a middle seat on a, you know, she had a window seat in the exit row. There's plenty of room there. Do you hear this? Do you hear this justification? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, just, it's not like I made her fly in coach while I was sitting in first class <laughs> with my shoes off. I didn't put her in cargo. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, it's just something I, I realized this week that it's probably going to be brought up again in some totally unrelated context, but you know, what I don't she, get is why does she turn it down? Like when you offer, she's supposed to snatch it and be like, "Thanks, babe." I don't know you if know. it was the kind of thing where it's like, "No, no, that's okay," and then I'm supposed to say, "Well, we don't no, want." It. No, no, I insist. You have to do it. Well, okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> or if it was more the case of like me, she she was like, uh, she should have been like, "No, no, uh, that's okay," and she meant that's okay because sometimes I've learned being you know married now for six years that sometimes no means uh doesn't really mean no it means ask me again oh we're going down you know what i mean yeah so anyway well let let me ask you this um how many dirty looks have you gotten since this went down like uh have you gotten breakfast or at least a a a complimentary word any is she speaking to you yeah yeah no it's good there there hasn't been any outward anger there hasn't been any outward anger, but there has been a little bit of. Uh, I just know it's coming. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. And where uh, you didn't? I noticed you you left out where you were flying to. I mean, this wasn't oh, a vacation flight. It was coming home from vacation. Oh boy, you we were flying back to New York. You got to be. But here's the thing: we had two flights. It was a, and th- this was like an hour and a half. Then we had a connection, and then we had a longer flight. 
and on the longer flight, uh, neither of us, I didn't get upgraded on that. And, you know, we were both in coach. Um, so I don't know. You're done. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're done. It's, but that's okay. I mean, we all have our, our uh, issues. To Maybe do. I'll watch Independence Day with her tonight. Exactly. Flip on iRobot <laughs> and watch the magic happen, baby. You'll be out of the doghouse in no time. <laughs> uh, well, now that we have exhausted all of our uh, goodwill with most people. Um, or at least with women. Or at least with, the, yeah, with our female listeners who will uh, be picketing the show uh, basically any moment now. Um, there is basketball to be played Uh you know, in the coming coming weeks, Lane, the we didn't really we didn't really dive into USA basketball on the uh, last podcast like I thought we would, um, and we had Steve Smith on uh, and and talked about it briefly with him. But are you? Did you pay attention to the stuff that was going on in Vegas with the training camp and and you know I mean obviously this is a different look for the you know for the national team Kevin Durant. Yeah, I guess is really the face of this team as opposed to LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo and the guys who, you know, and Kobe and obviously all those guys who helped win gold. Actually, um, and this is a nice segue. Thank you very much. That's my, job. But, um, That's my job. But uh, we at Slam, we just finished a special issue called World Hoops 2010. Uh-huh. Hits newsstands end of this week. And uh, I interviewed Kevin Durant for the cover of it mm-hmm. uh, at the end of June, a couple of weeks ago. And we just basically talked about the whole thing and what it's like for him to to go from not even being on the last Olympic team to now being the main man on this team. Um, and I think that's kind of – we talked about it at the end of June, and that's basically how it's played out the last couple of weeks now. And um, now they're coming here to New York next week uh, to start training and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that should be a, a pretty nice, uh, you know – chance for for a lot of different you know people to get a get a good look at that team obviously um like you know john schumann uh nba.com's very own was out in vegas and was chronicling uh all things usa basketball and is headed to turkey to the world championships he's on the line with us now um and he's the guy that i really been wanting to talk to about that team and about some of the details in particular with this group shoe uh shoe how you doing man i'm good fellas what's going on Nothing much. Now, are you are you on the clock? Are you working, or is this a thing you're doing out of goodness of your heart? Because if it is, Lang sending you a gift certificate. It's a Chick-fil-A. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the goodness, it's out of the goodness of my heart. I'm on vacation. But it's I mean? good. it helps me escape the um, the kids running around the condo that we're staying at. got my two kids and my sister's three kids running around screaming. So I need, I need, a, little, I need a little break to, to get back in touch with the uh, NBA world and, and uh, basketball in general. Well, good. Um, we appreciate you coming on, Shu, because, like I said, we we kind of skipped over USA basketball last week. Um, but, I mean, does it mean anything that Kevin Durant is the face of this team for Turkey in terms of what his role might be in the in the near future with with the national team oh yeah i mean i think definitely what happens this year is gonna have an, make an impact or have an impact um two years from now when when uh when we go to london and and, and the u.s tries to you know uh, defend their gold medal there in the olympics but um I think right now everybody's focus is on this year. And and, and you talk about, you know, anybody brings up a question to Jerry Colangelo or 
uh, Mike Krzyzewski this year talking about, you know, where do these guys stand for 2012, this group here? They're like, you know, we'll worry about that later. You know, we'll worry, we'll see, you know, you know, best case scenario, they have, you know, seven or eight guys from this roster that they really like. And then, you know, nine or 10 guys from the 08 roster that they really like. And, you know, see who 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 earns a spot in 2012 but right now they're focused on this year and trying to win the world championships for the first time in 16 years john how do you think they're gonna make up for kind of a lack of size on this team i mean it, it's yeah that's the sort of the big question i think with amari being pulled by the knicks the night before camp started and with uh david lee getting hurt basically an hour into the first practice right um, the size is, is, is the big issue. And, and so they had to sort of change the personality of the team on the fly or change the game plan, actually, and, and try to play um, quick and small and try to really turn up the defensive pressure um, and play 40 minutes of, you know, pressure basketball, try to force a lot of turnovers and, and, and score off of that. Um, they sort of did that a little bit, and well, they did that a lot in 2008. But it was, it was sort of, you know, they played cool with, with Jason Kidd starting, and then when Chris Paul, Darren Williams came into the game, they turn up the pressure a little bit. And Dwayne Wade obviously was a huge part of that because he would get tons of steals right. and then get out on the break. So they're going to try to do that all the time now, and 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 that's their their asset. I mean, there's no no team is is going to be as athletic and, and as quick and as long as they are. And that's, that's going to, they're going to try to use that to their advantage. John, I know there's not going to be as much attention on this team, obviously, as, as there was on, on some of the previous, uh, you know, Team USA's. And I know, uh, I know we're not supposed to call them that. I guess I should be calling them the national team. Uh, <laughs> but yep. is, there any, is there any feeling that there are some other guys – in addition to Kevin Durant, you know, guys like Russell Westbrook, um, you know, uh, even Jeff Green to an extent. I'm, and I know I'm talking about those three guys from Oklahoma City, but but any of these other guys on this team that have a chance to really make a case for earning a spot in, you know, in the next couple of summers with what they do this summer. Is Durant the only guy who can really make a case for being a part of that core group going into the future? Or will one of these other guys have an opportunity to do that? I think Derrick Rose is probably the next one that you look at. Um, you know, Jason Kidd obviously retiring from international competition, so you still you have two point guards basically left from the the '08 team with Chris Paul and Darren Williams. And I think Darren Williams, Derrick Rose is sort of the third point guard on the list. I mean, and it's amazing how deep the U.S. is at the point where none of the three point guards from the '08. Um, team were here in camp, you know, in Las Vegas last week, yet they had, you know, five guys that all were, you know, pretty good. And, and Tyreek Evans, you know, was the rookie of the year and like one of only four guys to average 25 and five last year was basically, you know, had no shot of making the team, even if he didn't get injured, just to show you how deep they are at, at point where you have, you know, Rondo and, and Rose and Westbrook and Chauncey Billups. You know, and that's without, you know, Paul and Darren Williams. So, but I think Rose is the one guy. I mean, if you watch that exhibition game, uh, you know, right. last weekend, I mean, he was just two speeds faster than everybody else. I mean, he was just getting in the paint at will. 
and that's something he could probably do against international teams, and they're going to need that. You know, they're going to have to sort of, without a really uh, an interior presence, they're going to have to get inside with triple penetration. So Rose is going to be a huge key to that, and I think he's the one guy, other than Durant, that's got a really good shot of being on that 2012 team. But you never know. I mean, who knows how good John Wall is going to be two years from now, and right. you know, a couple of these other point guards. Yeah. Who do you think uh, is going to be? Well, or maybe this is even presuming too much is the u.s the favorite to win the gold and if not who is i would say spain is um they're they're missing pal gasol he's not participating this summer but they've got basically everybody else back from that uh team that won the silver medal in in 08 um and it's there's a lot i mean they even inside they've got even with gasol missing they got his brother mark they've got fran vasquez inside um a couple other guys that were on that Team. And obviously on the perimeter, they're solid with Calderon and Juan Carlos Navarro and Ricky Rubio, um, Rudy Fernandez. So I mean they're they're stacked. I mean yeah. that's a that's a team, and then obviously they're going to have more continuity than the U.S. does. I mean the U.S. probably still has more talent, and Durant's probably still going to be the best player in the tournament. But as far as uh, continuity, that Spain team's going to have it because they've been playing together for a while now. John, I'm not. I'm not really uh, understanding either this this notion that the U.S. is struggling to have bigs, you know, or like, well, they only got this number of bigs, that number of bigs. When I watch the international competition, there's always a strange makeup to some of these teams, you know, like, no, really, I mean, like, they, they'll play a six, other teams, they'll have a seven-foot guy, but he's shooting threes, you know, I mean, or they'll have a, a six-eight guy who's their, their, their real post threat. I mean, the game is so different. Is that something that that people should be worried about? Because I've seen so many commenters on the blog and other places talking about, oh, there's this lack of bigs, lack of bigs, lack of bigs. I don't know that that's ever been a, a, a huge issue. Well, I mean, it's still it's, – I think it's still an issue because uh, two years ago they had Dwight Howard, and nobody has – you know, nobody is the presence that he is. Um, you know, he didn't give them much offensively, but defensively, I mean, he could just stand there right there in the middle of the paint. You know, zone defense is allowed. There's no defense of three seconds. So Dwight can just stand there in the middle of the paint and keep teams out of the paint. Right. Um, but obviously, yeah, you need mobility from your bigs, yeah. too, and that's why you will see, you know, Lamar Odom play the five for this team um, quite a bit, or even Kevin Love play the five to and and. And, you know, you're going to see these small forwards play power forward. I mean, heck, Carmelo started at the four for the U.S. for three straight years. Yeah. You know, right. and when he came out, LeBron was the four, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's totally different. And that's why even a guy like Brooke Lopez, who's probably the better play, best center that this group has, you know, once Amari went down, he doesn't necessarily fit with the, you know, the mobility is his, his biggest issue. And so there he, therefore he doesn't really fit with the international game as well. And that's why, you know, you're going to see Tyson Chandler maybe be the only center on the roster when they finally uh, come down to 12 before the, the world championship begins. Do you think um, after this, you know, world championships going forward, Coach K – is he in this long term or, you know, I mean, when he first came on, it was sort of he's going to be here for through the Olympics and now he's still here. What do you think the future of that is? Well, I think the next commitment was for the next three years, for these next three years. So he's I think he's on board as long as as, as well as the rest of the staff. 
um, McMillan, Beheim, and D'Antoni uh, through 2012. And then after that, I, you know, I can't imagine they all stay on. And I, I imagine you know Coach K might have had enough at that point. But who knows? I mean, I I thought I thought that was the end of it in '08, but um, <laughs> get the gold and get out. <laughs> yeah, and then and then it's yeah, it's just a question. Then it's just a question of you know who's who's next on the list. That's that's always you know maybe it's McMillan, you know, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's still two two years from now. But I think they're all on board basically uh, through 2012. John, we were before we uh, got you on here too. We were Lang and I were kind of musing about all things, uh, specifically about what movie would you watch late at night like what and and you keep the same hours uh that we do uh covering the league and staying up late watching west coast games yes. what movie could be on a on a channel when you're when you're surfing late at night that you have to stop or at least keep on and watch the end of or have the end of in the background no matter when how many times you've seen it what what movie is that for John so Schumer. I have to narrow it down to just one. No, you can have multiple choices. Lang had like thirteen. Yeah, it's probably a dozen. <laughs> it's probably at least a dozen for me. Wow. But like off the off the top of my head, I'd say Hoosiers, uh, The Natural, Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't watch. You can pick up Forrest Gump in the middle of that movie and watch. You know, it's it's all you know. On sort everything's sort of related, but it, it's all these. You know, individual scenes that are also you know classic scenes. Right. Um, oh man, I can't even think. Off well, my, top of my, my head. John, my point was that you know a lot of times we want to watch something that we've already seen and we already know it, just because. And and Seiko and I and you're in the same boat. We're usually trying to write something at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately get, for our yeah, editors, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get distracted by it. Yeah, you, you know, you want something there, and you don't want it to be silent. And so, yeah, but then, yeah, if yeah, you always get caught. I mean, that's that's the threat of yeah. Let me just turn the TV on, and then that that extends your you know <laughs> yeah. one one hour of work into three, and you're regretting it the next morning. But you know, it's the life we live, I guess. I love it. I mean, I'm serious. Like, literally, if the Shaft update with with Samuel Jackson. <laughs> And and uh, Peoples Hernandez is on TV. Because seriously, Peoples Hernandez, I don't know if you've ever seen Shaft, Micah. Have you, have you seen the updated Shaft? Shin Bale's finest work before his uh, explosion and uh, whatever the movie was, he was yelling at the... <laughs> when, he, when, when my man Peoples Hernandez came onto the screen and they had the little conga music in the background, I literally could rewind that and watch it a thousand times and laugh all thousand times. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, but I'm, I, I got all kinds of, I'm a movie nut. Like I love, I love I got watching a, I all got sorts another of one that, and I saw it, it, I caught it last week. It's been on a lot the last couple of weeks for some reason, usual suspects. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one. Yeah, that's, that's got to rank up there. That's got That's uh, definitely got to be on the list. Shuby, uh, you got, you're down there doing your own home movie down there. You got your kids, the wife's. The, you know the the wife, the sisters' kids, the whole night. I mean, yeah. do you bring the neighbors too? No, no. It's just our <laughs> annual annual pilgrimage to uh, to North Carolina. Actually, I call it a pilgrimage to Michael Jordan's hometown in Wilmington and out by the beach, and uh, it's the 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 place to be right now. Very nice, nice and relaxing. Yes, very nice. The beach, but not too commercial. You know, just hang out. 
Well, I, listen, I, I know you got uh, you got a ton of work to do uh, in Turkey coming up here. So uh, glad to hear you're enjoying some time with the family, man. And we appreciate you so much joining us on vacation. John Schumann, <laughs> people. Thanks, John. All right, fellas. All right, Schumann, you take care. Be safe. Yep, yep. Take it People's Hernandez, Lang. I've almost forgot. No, I'm serious. Like, I remember, you know, I saw that movie in the theater, and I remember just thinking it was hilarious and really enjoying it. And but I don't, I don't, I don't catch it on cable that much. I listen. Is it on? It, listen, I got a lot of channels. Okay, uh, and the people at I'm not gonna say the name of my uh, carrier out loud because we don't have any side deals hooked up. I mean, if I could get a discount, I will say it every day on the podcast. But uh, they they do a good job of having, like, all these weird – I got all these channels, like Showtime, Cinemax, Stars, like some package that costs basically uh, the GNP uh, (laughs) of a small third-world country. Um, And so they show all these different movies, like – I get them. I I love old movies. Like, I will sit and watch black exploitation movies or old westerns. I can watch that stuff all night long. I've got a uh, box set here on my desk that I'm going to send to you. Send it. It's VHS. VHS? Wait a minute. But <laughs> you're going to want it. Uh-huh. I've had it on my desk for like eight years, and I don't have a VCR. I don't have anywhere to, to watch it. It's the Rudy Ray Moore collection. Oh, yeah. Classics. And on the side, it has a big stamp, and it says, officially disapproved by the man. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like prime time viewing to me. <laughs> now all I got to do is get on, uh, get a VHS. get online and get a <laughs> get a VCR. I think they give those away now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Michael might have one, and you know, I absolutely still have a VCR. I, I knew it. I'm I figured somebody had one. I have one at home, but it's in a closet. I don't even think it's hooked up. I don't even know how, how to hook can one I watch up my anymore. reruns of Seinfeld and Saturday Night Live on DVD. They're on DVD. I gotta, or you can watch them on, online, can't you? Yeah, but I have like the ones I used to tape when I was little on uh, Comedy Central. <laughs> I got a uh, confession, by the way, and uh, the people people never believe me when I say this. I have never watched an episode of Seinfeld. I've seen pieces of Seinfeld shows, like I've watched five minutes with. You never know sat would, and watched an episode of Seinfeld. You know who would be outraged by hearing this? Who? A mutual friend of ours, Mr. Khalid Salam. Oh, really? He likes Seinfeld? Maybe his favorite show of all time. Get out of here. Yeah, he's watched every episode five or six times. You got to be kidding. I'm, yeah. Listen. I'm a little bit disappointed, to be honest. I just have never, I didn't, I was out working and doing things, and this is before TiVo. I mean, Seinfeld wasn't. Not for, not for 12 years, you weren't. <laughs> I mean, that's, that show was on for a long time. Well, I just and felt like I'm. <laughs> no, but I mean, I felt like I missed something not being into it when everybody else was. I didn't want to be the dude like who's catching Seinfeld ten years after the fact and go, "Hey, man, did you see that Seinfeld?" You know, <laughs> I don't want to be that cat. Khalid will be glad to talk with you about it. Well, good. I need to get it tutored on Seinfeld because every. I mean, I'm I'm always missing the jokes. It's like uh, I saw you you and uh, Tori were having fun at my expense the other day talking about Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore, that's a great show. Which I had to Google to, to find out what you know. Did you do some details. GTL? I didn't even, man, listen, I, I looked and saw that tweet and I started laughing. Then I thought to myself, what's, what's the joke? Like, I don't even. Jim Tan Laundry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> one of the guys last year woke up one morning on the show. You know, it's a reality show. He woke up and he was like, GTL, story of my life. Because he, he had to go to the gym, he had to go tanning, and he had to do laundry. Well, uh, I, I only do one of the three. Right. So. 
We're gonna uh, call you the situation from now on. Yeah, I, I'm missing the. I'm missing my connection to the situation, but I'll let you and Tori run with that. I'll one. be the situation if you want to be snooky. I don't, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna pass on all the Jersey Shore references. How about that? I'll let you. I'll let you and Tori run with that. Snooky Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, this, we're going to be in some serious trouble before this show is over. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and you're responsible. You, as, the, as, the, as the super producer of the Hang Time Podcast, you are absolutely 100% responsible for all of this. Well, I like the fact that you choose the best moments when I'm doing something else to uh, do all the nonsense, <laughs> not to go back afterwards and listen to everything. Exactly. Exactly. But listen, uh, moving on, Lang, past some of our other foolishness. I've also, I don't know if you've uh, been paying close attention on the blog or not to some, but I've enraged the fan bases in several places Yeah, I know. Uh, for different reasons. Uh, I, basically, I can't set foot in Toronto without getting beaten up. Cleveland um, too, right? Cleveland, you know, I'll get thrown into the river and the river lit on fire. Uh, and I, I outraged people in Portland when I, I did my midsummer rankings of who I thought would be the eight playoff teams in each conference. Right. And I and because of injuries and some other issues, you know, they were changing GMs, just whatever. I didn't have the Trailblazers as high as the Rip City faithful felt they needed to be. Um, mm-hmm. So our next guest is, is coming on to hopefully help me get it straight where the Blazers are concerned. And if he's got a heart – in his chest at all, he'll defend me to somebody out there and get these people off my back because they're killing me. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ben Golliver is joining us now, Lang, uh, from Blazer's Edge. Ben, uh, can you can you assist me at all? Can you help me, please? Well, you should know by now, Blazers fans are nuts, man. That's how it is. <laughs> Great. Now you're going to get us both thrown in the tar pit. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you just kind of got to take that with the pack. I mean, if you don't have number two behind the Lakers, I think you're going to catch flat from like 80% of the city, and that's just kind of how it goes. So, I've got the Blazers I mean, winning it all next year, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Now you'll be a hero. Maybe we'll elect you governor or something. <laughs> hey, uh, Ben, I, I, I am – I am uh, – now infatuated though with after reading all this stuff and doing a little research on Rich Cho, the new general manager of the Blazers, and I'm probably going overboard, but I I love the dude's story. I love his his kind of journey from you know law school and and uh, intern you know in Seattle to now general manager of the Blazers is with all that's going on in in the way Kevin Pritchard was you know, uh, seen by the fan base. Is Rich Cho generating maybe some excitement and some good feelings from, from Blazers fans? Yeah, I think people are excited about his story. I think a lot of people connect to him, too. I think, you know, the fact that he's from the Northwest, uh, the fact, you know, obviously he's got the immigrant story and, and basically pulled himself up practically from nothing. You know, a lot of people can really relate to that here. I and mean, that's kind of uh, part of the culture in the Northwest is you kind of get your own and, and uh, you do it through hard work. And that's kind of what he's all about. You know, I think that, you know, Cho has a good balance between being like a fresh personality and, and maybe not coming with some of the emotional and some of the personality baggage that kind of got Kevin Pritchard in trouble with uh, the former management, but also keeping some of the things that Kevin Pritchard already did well, you know, such as the scouting process, such as taking an analytical approach to players. You know, a lot of those things, you know, Portland fans tend to be a little bit geekier than the average NBA fan. I think a lot of them really, you know, appreciated Pritchard's approach to the numbers 
you know, appreciated the money ball idea. And I think Cho still brings some of that, but also he brings just sort of a, a drama free personality. I mean, just talking to the guy, I mean, the way he talks, he tries to be as efficient as possible. He's almost like a computer calculating how few words it will take to answer your questions. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, it's really a trip. And he's obviously a really, really intelligent guy. I mean, you get there in the conversation, you know immediately that you're the less intelligent person. It's not even close. And so you're constantly trying to challenge yourself to uh, keep up with the guy. But I do think there's some excitement, but I think there's still some questions, too. You know, I mean, he hasn't made a move yet. They used their big uh, mid-level move to get Wesley Matthews before he was actually in place. So he's coming into a, you know, a full kitchen. It's kind of a difficult challenge, I think, for him to make it his own. You know, Ben, for all the talk the last couple of years about Pritchard and you know how legendarily active he was on draft night and throughout the summer and making moves and all this stuff, I mean, and as good as the Blazers – have gotten the last five years. I mean, they've, they've still haven't made it past the first round. Like what, what do they have to do to, to get past the first round? What do you think they need to, to improve on or, or, you know, maybe just stay healthy. What do you think they need to do to get past the first round? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the party line is going to be, they need to stay healthy. Right. And I think it really kind of boils down to Greg Oden and what impact he can have. Right. Uh, you know, all the reports this summer have been kind of vague, but you know, generally positive. They expect him to come in for training camp and be ready to go. Uh, you know, it's unclear how Nate will work him in. I mean, is this a guy who you want to throw into a starting role and give really big minutes too early in the season? Maybe he goes down again and you've got an issue you've got to deal with. Do you want to ramp him up? I mean, how, how exactly do you treat Greg Oden? I think that's the big question this season. And they've got a lot of talent in place. They've got a ton of depth. They've got really good flexibility in terms of being able to to move some parts. I think, you know, one other question mark is, you know, is Andre Miller still the fit for the next year going forward as a point guard? There's been some right. trade rumors around here about whether – you know, do him and Brandon get along? Maybe you move him out for a guy who's a better shooter. Uh, so I think those are the main questions. But going forward, they got a lot of talent, a ton of depth. I think that they're going to be poised to make a, a run in the playoffs, but they got to have better health than last year. I think everybody would agree to that. No no question, Ben. And do you do you think that Rudy Fernandez, obviously now being the, the name that's out there in terms of a trade piece, do you get – a, a something specifically that you need in return for him, or is this just moving him and getting an asset that you'll figure out what to do with later? Well, you know, I think that honestly, from talking to the scouts and you know, summer league and kind of trying to feel them out for what they're looking for, I think they do kind of want a future draft pick. You know, they want that flexibility. I mean, like, you know, there's that one room out there for Taj Gibson. We were talking about on the site today. Well, where do you put Taj Gibson in your front court? If you've already got LaMarcus Aldridge, you have to give tons of minutes to. You got Marcus Camby, who can probably play some power forward for you as well as center. You got a young guy in Dante Cunningham, you know, who you're really trying to develop. You think he's, you know, potentially a defensive stopper down the road. I mean, where does Taj Gibson fit? You know, can you even get him any minutes at all? And, you know, obviously their backcourt, they've got tons of combo guards, you know, as many as you could possibly have. They've got to give minutes <laughs> to Brandon Roy. He's the franchise. So, I mean, you know, really what are you looking for? And I think that's probably why they would like to get a first-round pick for Rudy. That way they can, you know, save his salary, which isn't a ton, but, you know, it prevents them from having to go into luxury tax territory. So I think they're probably looking for a future pick, but – at the same time, I mean, I think Rudy's really poised for a bounce back year. I mean, he couldn't really play worse than he did last year. He had the back injury, which kind of held him back. Uh, you know, he had some personal issues. His girlfriend, you know, she's going back to Spain, so he's separated from her. Uh, you know, he didn't have Sergio Rodriguez here in Portland anymore, so I was his best friend. So he was kind of felt isolated. So uh, personally, if I was the Blazers, I'd play hardball with Rudy. I'd just bring him into camp and see what happens if you can't get a first-round pick for him. Ben, what do you, as a fan um... – what do you expect from the team this year? What is, where are your expectations? Fifty wins, first round, second round. What do you, what are you looking for? What do you think would be considered a successful year? 
Well, I think a successful year is going to start and end with that second-round playoff that you had talked about earlier. I mean, that's that's really the goal, and I don't think the fans will – you know, I think fans will be calling for Nathan Millen's head if they don't get to the second round. Let's put it that way. Wow. Even though Nate's, you know, one of the most respected coaches in the league and, and uh, you know, he's done great work with Team USA and he pulled him through all the trouble last year. I think if they're not getting to the second round, I think people are going to be really, really upset. To me, it's really hard to set my expectations or to pinpoint a number of wins until I see how Greg looks in training camp because I think, you know, he really is a huge piece with Chris Villa out, you know, potentially – through December, sort of in a Kendrick Perkins type situation where they don't have any idea really when he's going to be back, what his timeline is. Uh, You know, if you don't have Greg and he's not ready to go, then, you know, you've got that same hole in the center that you had last year and you're playing Marcus can be a lot of minutes. So I'd say, you know, I think 50 wins is going to be a a good regular season goal. They were able to do it last year with, with all the injuries. And you just kind of hope that Brandon Roy being healthy would be able to repeat that again. But, you know, it all comes down to playoffs. That's why they got Wesley Matthews. That's why they got Andre Miller. They want to win that first round series. Ben, we keep talking about Odin. Has anybody seen him this summer and watched him work out just to gauge where he is in his recovery from his own injury issues and and if he's ready to to take on a bigger load? You know, this is the most protected NBA player I think I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, this guy is, you know, kept in a bubble away from the media. And the Portland media, I mean, people in Portland kind of have a reputation for being pretty friendly and, you know, outdoorsy. And I think that's kind of how the media is here too a little bit. And they still won't let us talk to him. I mean, they keep him, you know, in the little workout room away from people. He doesn't take questions. Uh, I saw him, you know, go through a light workout about three weeks ago, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. four weeks ago, right before Las Vegas. He was doing a lot of balance and strength exercises for his knees. So he's getting up on those balance balls, uh, the small ones, and just, you know, doing a lot of bends. Uh, he was running on a treadmill pretty fast. I, I wouldn't say sprinting, but, you know, he was – he was more than jogging. They say he's going to start court work in the middle of August, but that date keeps getting pushed back, so it's a little bit difficult to determine. I heard he was on a red carpet last night, though, for a Brian Grant fundraiser, so I didn't see him there, but I heard he was there, so at least he's getting out a little bit and, and doing that. But he keeps a really low profile in Portland. He goes back home to uh, Indiana quite a bit to stay with his mom, and we hardly ever see him during the offseason. It's uh, one of the biggest question marks for us. is like, where's Greg all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Give us one guy, Ben, that you think, this year you're looking for who's kind of under the radar you think uh, he's either poised to have a breakout year or needs to have that breakout year for Portland to to get to the second round you know I'm not sure if he's still an under the radar guy but I couldn't be a bigger fan of Nicholas Batum Uh, I think he's going to plug in as your starting three and I think people probably already know his story he comes over from France you know his dad actually had a heart attack playing basketball died on the court uh, when Nick was a small child it's just a crazy story but you know he's over here uh, super young kid. He's adjusted to the city and to the life really, really well. Keeps his head on his shoulders. Works really hard. You know, he, he last year he added a three-point, the corner three to his game, and he was really knocking that down at a high rate when he came back from his injury. He's also added a little bit more ball handling on offense. He can guard probably three, if not four, positions on defense. He can guard some of those combo fours and pretty much any perimeter player. Super long, great footwork. I mean, he's a really, really, really fun guy to watch. And so I don't know what his ceiling is. I mean. There was times when people were trying to, you know, go all the way and compare him to Scottie Pippen here in Portland, which, like I said, you know, we're a little bit crazy over here. But uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, he has the potential to be on that, you know, near all-star level by the time, you know, he's in his prime. And I think that this is the year where he's he doesn't have Martel Webster to share the minutes anymore. So I think he's going to get his full share of minutes. I think Nate's going to give him some more touches on offense, and you're really going to see some serious development from him. So so go ahead and admit it, Ben. I was absolutely 100% way off in, in not ranking the Blazers higher than I had them on my uh, midsummer rankings. Just go ahead and tell me. I, I can take it. 
Well, you know, I would, I'm never, I would never say that you're completely wrong because I, you know, I love the blog, but, uh, I would. But yeah, I do, I, 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 I'd be, uh, I'd be buying stock in the places, you know, a lot of things went wrong last year. It's, it, you know, a lot of things went wrong this off season too. I mean, you know, draft night, I'll tell you guys, it was like a funeral. I mean, wow. we were all sitting there. Like I thought people were going to start crying because, you know, Kevin Pritchard's fired in the middle of the whole fiasco. And, and we got all these rookies. They trade Martel Webster, who's a huge local favorite, you know, in the media. And it was just a really bizarre scene. And, you know, I thought, this is not good when I was sitting there on draft night, but a month later, you know, they've got the new, the new guy in place. They got a new, uh, good wing defender. So I think, uh, you know, Greg Oden's healing up. I, I would be buying stock in the Blazers. No Where do you, uh, who do you think they're, I mean, you, you, obviously do you rank, you don't rank them ahead of the Lakers? Probably not. No, no, no. Who do you, where do you think they fall in the, in the West? You know, I think that they're, you know, a top four, top five team again. I mean, I think that they would like to be in that top four and get the, the home court advantage. But, you know, look at all their key pieces. I mean, Brandon's going to be fully healthy coming into the season, which is, you know, going to be a critical piece. And they do, they play really well at home. They obviously have a serious home court advantage here in Portland, which always, you know, tends to help them during the regular season getting that playoff seating. Now, I'd say you, know, you can never count out Utah. I'm a huge fan of Sloan, everything he does. I mean, he plugs everybody in. It's just amazing. So I think they're going to be up there. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I think uh, Denver. I think the whole Northwest Division, really. I mean, Oklahoma <laughs> City is going to be balling out. I love Oklahoma City too. So yeah, I'd say it's probably you know, the whole Northwest Division and the Lakers. I think those are your top teams, and and the Blazers will probably slide in somewhere in that uh, top four to top five uh, seed when all is said and done. Yeah. Well, Ben, we can't get, let you get out of here. We've been uh, going on and on about movies that we cannot avoid late at night when we're flicking channels, when we should be writing something or getting some work done that you, you know, you see it on the screen and you stop and start watching in. I think Lang's up to 20. Um, I've got 14. <laughs> do, you, do you have a couple that you cannot do without if it's on the screen late at night? Well, you know, the one that always just shuts me down immediately, I don't know if you guys already have, is Belly. You know, you get all those <laughs> light, the light Classic. club scenes, and then you're just done. I mean, I'm on the ground, like, sideways, you know, <laughs> having, like, a Tourette's breakout or something. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't get to Belly yet. I'm, I'm glad you no. brought that one up. We gotta, we'll have to keep We'll have to keep our list. We'll have to start our list, but we're going to give you credit for Belly. And, and listen, we appreciate you joining us, Ben. Hopefully you'll get a chance to – to uh, break away and come on with us some more, especially when the season gets rolling, man. BlazersEdge.com is where they can find you, and we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. All right, Ben. Take care. Bye. I didn't think of Belly. Uh, you know, in the same vein. It's a classic. Have you ever seen, uh, you know, Fresh you with know, uh Yeah, Fresh is soft. I mean, Fresh oh, is cute and all, movie. Lang, but Belly is like, Belly's hardcore. It is. It is. Belly's hardcore. We're going with one-name movie titles, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're awful. They're, they're actually fitting movie titles too. Yeah, <laughs> Micah, um, you haven't chimed in with any more of your films, so I'm going to take that as a sign that you've had it. Uh, Clint hadn't said a word, but I know you know we know he's he's partial to uh, you know some films that we can't really talk about here on the podcast. <laughs> you know, Clint likes horror movies and Saw 15 and all that kind of stuff. We don't want to scare people away. <laughs> Um, Tori, I don't know if Tori is, did Tori leave. I mean, did she get tired of us and just run out or what? You know, she hadn't said a nope. She hadn't said a word about her favorite movies that she watches late at night. And then Tony Lamb shows up and he doesn't. He hadn't said a word. Casino, Casino, Cas- is <laughs> Casino. That's a good late one. Late night movie. Casino's not, another one. You just can't. You can't click past it. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna tell you what. 
if you want to see it, it's probably on TNT. Uh, because T, I mean, half the time I'm watching these TNT movies. Another and shameless TV, plug. TBS too. TBS yeah. and all the other, yeah. Both of them, um, especially on the weekends. I actually I had a thought the other day. Oh, maybe this, this is a good. Tony can pass us along the chain or whatever, but <laughs> you know now that TNT has so many like original shows, uh-huh. like I don't, I don't, they don't. There's not as many movies anymore, and I think they need to do a TNT two <laughs> that just shows movies. You think you think that'll work? You think that'll fly? Why not? It, I mean, if you already have the rights to all these movies, you don't have to pay for them. Right. Just show movies all day. I'd watch it. I'd watch. I'd tune in and watch Ocean's Eleven and you know whatever else, other movies they have on repeat. Great. I think it's now. called Turner Classic Movies. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. School him, <laughs> please. School this man, Micah. You know, I mean, I guess Lang again. A a a, a wild week. Um, you know, in a in a while. I mean, every time we 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 finish a show and we start up again, there's a, a host of different things to talk about when we come back, and it's. Again, I I needed this nice break from uh, from some of the sadder news that uh, has been out there, and bef- and before definitely before we get off uh, the show here today, we need to send a, a a a very heartfelt get well soon to David Benner, the the longtime PR director at Indiana Pacers, yes sir, who is uh, uh, recovering from surgery right now, and I uh, talk spoke with his brother Bill Benner last week. Uh, the day he had surgery. So hopefully David is doing well. Um, we need him back up and on his feet and at his uh, snarky best. Uh, <laughs> he, he gave me the business nonstop during the NBA Finals. One of the good, best guys in the business. So, uh, again, we want David Benner to, to send out a well wishes to him as well. And I think, Micah, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. No Skype call of the week. I'm blaming it on Clint. Um, you know, he's got, he's got, got hands on every button in this behind the glass Mike uh, we're done with Clint we, we gotta we gotta maybe send him back to the orange jumpsuit spot he was that week he was missing just remember Seku he's the one that controls the, uh, the intro to this show you know, oh that's right never mind Clint love you baby. <laughs> My, Micah Hart is behind the glass of super producer Clint Hawkins Tori Carmen, Lang Whitaker live from New York let's uh Lang definitely give a shout out to John Schumann joining us on vacation yes, and uh, Ben Golifer of BlazersEdge.com don't go anywhere, Lang. We'll be back next week. I'll be looking I'll for be you. Here. Don't change your number. I'm going to go watch some movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Don't forget the Hangtime blog at NBA.com, SlamOnline.com. You can find us all there and on Twitter, the Hangtime Podcast. See you next time. You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.